Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Credit Union Marketing Podcast. I'm Justin Lynch, and my guest today is Stephen Page, who is the VP of IT, Marketing, and Digital Banking at Safe America Credit Union. One of Steve's core focuses at Safe America is the member experience, and he shares his insights on how to make those experiences as intuitive as possible. Stephen also shares his thoughts on how technology is shaping credit unions and how to listen to your members to determine when it's the right time for your credit union to adopt certain technologies. Let's jump into it. Hey, thanks for joining us, Stephen. Thank you for having me. Cool. To start out, um, I'd love if you could tell us a bit about your journey and how it shaped who you are as a credit union marketer. It's been a fun journey. It's been an interesting journey. This has been probably a, almost 10 years in the uh, credit union business. And so you know how technology changes. It changes very rapidly, very quickly. A lot of vendors out there, a lot of people to help you out. And it's been quite an experience being in the Silicon Valley, at least a little bit outside the Silicon Valley. We've had an opportunity to work with a lot of really neat people in the industry. So it's been it's been a very interesting journey and a very eye-opening journey for what we need to do in the credit union industry. Before you got into credit unions, what was your background before that? It was in brand marketing. It was for Shell Oil Company. So totally different industry, nothing to do with financial, everything to do with retail. And sometimes, you know, that gives you a different look at something. And I think that's why um, when I started at the first credit unit I started at, they liked that. They wanted something different. They wanted a a different view. And it was starting with digital banking. It was just starting to be kind of a hot thing. It was kind of an unknown. You know, what do we do with all this social media? What do we do with these apps that are coming out? How do we do all this stuff? What are we going to do with the iPhone? Wasn't quite as hot as it is now. So apps weren't as important as everyone relies on them today. I've kind of, I guess, grown with the industry. I've gone along with it. We've gone kind of hand in hand. You know, as you've seen online banking start to become more of a thing along with mobile apps as well. A lot of people do banking through their mobile apps. How have you seen that shift in terms of member expectations? You know, obviously before it used to be people would come into branches and they would do a lot of their banking in person versus now a lot of people do it online. Yeah, you're correct. It was a big hump to get over. You remember when ATMs came out? That was a big thing. People didn't want to use ATMs. Oh my gosh, how will it know what my check is? If I put cash in there, will it know that this is the correct amount? There was a lot of hesitation, I think, with the public, um, especially with members. Everyone got used to it. They got very comfortable with it. They saw it's a system that works. Yeah, it has hiccups now and then, but it can be corrected very quickly. Same thing with online banking. There was a little bit of a learning curve that came with it, with technology. And the early adopters, of course, they loved it. They were out there. They wanted more and more and more. They wanted it to work great because they kind of, they understood that this is something that's going to benefit them uh, time-wise. At least in my opinion, it was better than going to the branch, going to an ATM. You've got your... Um, credit union sitting right there on your desktop and then eventually on your phone in your pocket. So, I mean, that's pretty nice is to have that kind of convenience and uh, being able to use it in a way that in the beginning, it was very basic. You couldn't do a lot of stuff like bill pay and some of these other features that we had to now what we have today where you can use Alexis and you can go and move money around and send money to people with something like Zelle in just a couple of seconds. So it keeps going leaps and bounds and just keeping up with it is amazing. I'm always attending any conference I possibly can go to, talking to people like yourself, everything just to try to t- keep up with the technology so that we can give you know best in class to our members. Maybe sometimes on a slow rollout, maybe you don't want to have a super fast rollout, 
for some things because members do get a little tech shy with some of this and they get a little, they're, if they're not too sure if it's a change, people get a little worried about it. But yeah, it's it, all in all, it's been a, a very interesting and neat journey. How have you guys worked on training members and essentially onboarding members? into new technology and new features? Because I know from over the last 10 years, mobile banking especially, when it first came out, you know, and, and a few of the apps started doing the, the where you could take a picture of the check and send that in, you know, that was mind-blowing to people. And a lot of people are like, I can't do that. I don't trust it. Um, but now, you know, it's become more commonplace. And like you said, now sending, you know, money directly to someone, at, you know, all these new features keep coming out. How do you guys ensure that your members are using those features and that they know how to use them correctly and that they're comfortable with them? Yeah, it is. There is some really nice features like you're talking about remote deposit controls, what we call in the industry RDC. That was a big game changer. That was really big. There's, there was no more going to the, the ATM or the branch. You can sit there and do it in your house. You can pay bills super fast. You can move money. Though you, when you scanned a check, you didn't. it wasn't instant approved and you weren't getting it instantly. It was still a big game changer. Uh, same thing with Zelle and some of these uh, Venmo and other types of brands and stuff that pay it now, you know, where you can move money quickly through ACH or through the ATM rails. In my experience and what I've seen, there is always going to be a learning curve. It just depends. And, and, and I'm speaking very broadly. So anybody who's listening, it could be a, a large credit union, it could be a small credit union. I think it applies to everybody. If, if it's a mobile app, let's just say, for example, that you have, I don't think you necessarily need onboarding or you need a complicated onboarding if it's very easy to use. If it's very simple, very self-explanatory, very intuitive, like let's say, for example, an iPhone. iPhone doesn't come with an instruction manual. Maybe if there's something you don't understand, you go and you look it up online. Kind of follow that type of course, I think is better. You can do it where you have more complicated. So maybe if it was, had something more with wealth management or something like that, it, it would require users to go to dive a little bit deeper and do a little bit more stuff, maybe uh, even in bill pay. I think that's fine. That's okay. Um, but if you can't, if you can do it, at least if you're starting out, if you're starting out, definitely start basic, start very simple where you don't have to worry about some type of an onboarding. But if you do, if you get to that point and it gets a little bit more complicated, you have a little bit more features, you know, have the walkthroughs or the training there on the app, but very basic ones, extremely basic ones, something that's animated, a video, something like that. They can go to it when they you know, first open the app. You don't want it to pop in front of their face. I see this a lot in the industry, even on with websites and, and other things with online banking. You'll sign into something like, let's, again, let's talk about apps because apps are so popular. You know, you'll have uh, an advertisement or something like that. I'm a marketing guy, you know, true and true. I love marketing and, and, and I get it. But it's almost like having somebody standing outside your shop blocking anybody from coming through the front doors. You know, they're kind of doing a song and dance for you <laughs> before you come in through, through the doors to see, see what you're offering them, which, okay, it can be entertaining, it can be nice, but that's not the idea. The idea is you want them to use it as quickly and simply as possible. That's all that the, the member's looking for. They're looking for something that's going to be very simple and very easy to use. So if you're going to have something where you're going to do an onboarding, you're going to have a walkthrough or an explanation type of video on there, make it very quick, make it animated, and make it put it in a section where it's easy to find 
But for the deep dive stuff, go put it on your website. Don't put it on your mobile app. Have it to where it says, you know, you need more information on this certain list, say if it's Zelle or some other um, type of uh, P2P where you're moving money around. Have it where it's, you know, here's a, a very simple paragraph of how to use it. And if you need more information, please click here and then take them to the website and then you can deep dive and go into the thing. So if someone really wants to read about it and put the time into it, they can. But you've got them off the app with the psychology being you don't want them to think, oh, this is such a clunky, heavy, complicated thing. You don't want that. You want them to think, boy, I get on there. I can pay bills in two minutes. I'm done with three bills. Paying three bills, I can see what my balance is. I'm off. I'm done. So keeping it as basic as possible, a little bit of, of training or the walkthroughs, and then anything else that's been more complicated, put it offline so they can go on there so they don't feel like that they're stuck in this app and, and they, they don't like it. If you don't capture them in that first five to seven days, if you haven't captured them, you're going to lose them. And it's just a cold, hard reality. The, the chances of them coming back and using it again is very slim to none. It's very hard to do. So if you got their trust and they're going to download it and your member's going to use it, you definitely want them to be able to use it as easy as possible. You know, you talked about capturing them in that first seven days. Do you guys track, okay, they downloaded it, they opened it the first day, but they haven't opened it in three or four days. Do you guys have that kind of data? Yes and no. We could see it as a whole, but not as an exact user. You could do that. That is possible to do. We don't choose to do that because I kind of, I like to see the whole group. So here's our group of app users. Is it growing? Is there a hiccup? Just watch the trends daily, watch it weekly, watch it quarterly. And then if you start to see a dip or you start to see where it's just kind of plateauing, okay, what's the next step that we need to do? Do we need to throw in something like Zelle because we don't have Zelle? Or do you need to have the next best thing? Or have we just reached the peak? This is just who our group is going to be who only uses online banking or the mobile app. And that might just be a certain percentage of your credit union. It may just be that. There's people who prefer to go to branches. There's people who prefer to use the ATMs. And that's that's fine. And that's okay. And that's why we have them. And that's why we build the buildings that we do. And we do the stuff that we have. It's just you're definitely seeing it grow. We, we've seen it grow more and more and more and more. I think if you can get in the 40 to 50 percentile of your credit union members, you're winning. You're doing really good. You're, you're doing really, really good if, if you're in there. Keep growing that number even more, which you will. I think with the younger generation coming up and stuff like that, they're used to this. They were born you know, using apps. They're going to expect this and they're going to expect it to be very easy to use, then um, you can do it. But to answer your question, yes, you can. Uh, It's measurable. I don't go quite that granular yet, especially at this credit union, because it's just not needed. The growth is there. I'm not too worried about it. You get a little attrition here and there. That's just, just normal. You know, don't, if anybody listening, if you have it happen, don't panic. It's okay. You know, it may be something that it's just a temporary thing or somebody's just kind of testing it out, taking it out for a test drive, seeing what it's like. But your main part, your your main group that you want to do is make sure to get them within that five to seven days. If you can capture them in that five to seven days, they'll probably help you. You've got them good. Can you walk us through your process on determining new technologies and if those need to be integrated and introduced so for example you know when apple pay rolled out probably was it four years ago now i think and before everyone was like oh we want apple pay we want apple pay 
how do you, what's that process of determining hearing your members and what they're saying versus what you expect them to do? And then what's that whole process in determining if a technology is worth the investment? I think you nailed it right there. I think you have to listen. You have to listen to your membership. You, you, if you don't have uh, your member experience surveys going out there, you don't have to look at your NPS scores, all this other stuff, you need to listen to what it is, especially in the credit union industry. You know, we have a, a certain SAG, you might be a closed SAG, you might be community, whatever it might be. So you need to really listen to the members and see what it is that they're looking for. As we all remember, um, right when um, Apple Pay came out, everybody wanted to jump and get Apple Pay. That was like the most exciting thing. Oh, we have to have Apple Pay, virtual wallets. This is the future. We know it's going to be hot. This is a good thing. Apple's doing it. It must be because they do the research. They're the giant. They're really good. And we didn't. We didn't jump on it. And the reason why I didn't do it is the size of the credit union I was in at the time I thought we were probably, the adoption rate would probably be very low. Let's let it get out there. Let's see what happens with the rest of the industry. Let's not fall too far behind so it looks like we're a lagger, but at the same time, let's see, make sure that it was so complicated on the the, uh, Apple Pay because not only did it have to do, we would have to change how things work on our side, but then also retailers were gonna have to change things on their side. So now you had a whole nother part of the equation that would happen when something like Zelle, for example, or any of these other quick ways to send money, it's already done. So you, if you just have the product, that's something I would move quick on. So if, if it's a Zelle, pay it now, Venmo type thing, I would move very quick on that. Looking at the, at the fees, looking at you know what is it going to take, what's the cost of the credit union or possibly to the member, move faster on something like that. Apple Pay, of course, we ended up adopting it, uh, and uh, Google Pay, Android Pay, all of that. But I would caution everybody for being the first out of the door with it because you just don't know what the problem is going to be, what the adoption is going to be, especially if anything's buggy. That's the last thing you want. And because there was that third element, retailers needed to change a lot of terminals to make to have this happen. Even after we did adopt it, we still heard back from a lot of our members saying, hey, I'm, I'm, I love this Apple Pay. It works great, but I can use it only at three different stores I go to. And all the other ones I go to do it. They don't have the ability to do it. So I think the best process is you need to watch the market, watch what everyone else is doing, watch what the competition is doing, uh, read up on stuff as much as you can, but then kind of pick and choose what that risk is going to be. Are you going to risk in your app having, for an example, like an Apple Pay right off the bat when there had to be more of an adoption rate with it because of something that was out of your control that, that, that you couldn't do. Other things like you know uh, chat, video, stuff like that. This is all ex- exists nowadays. They're all pluses. You can't go wrong with them. Adding nice features like that, people love it. They get it in what you see on a PC and everything like that. You see it everywhere else. And really kind of copy the big guys. The big guys are doing the hard work for us. So look and see how they're doing it. How are the Amazons doing it? How are some of the other ones? And again, like I had said from the beginning, listen to your membership. Always listen to your membership. It just might be something for them. Maybe it isn't something for them. And if it is, then uh, do what you can to make it easy for them. So one of the things to technology in the credit union space, you know, we're often told that baby boomers, millennials, Gen X, they all have very different mindsets when it comes to digital needs. Have you found that to be true? And if so, what digital needs do each generation 
You know, honestly, I, uh, it, it, it's getting so old to hear that, oh, these millennials, we got to get these millennials. We got to get all these millennials. If we don't get these millennials, we're going to, you know, it's the end of the world, this and that. Millennials are already in their early 30s. They're here. They're, it's already happening. They need everything from us in the uh, financial world. So don't need to think like that anymore. It's, it's already here. I think we do see a little bit more of maybe not a pushback, but a little bit more of the boomers who would prefer to go to a branch especially if it's a little bit more of a complicated issue. We notice with checks and stuff like that, especially if they're large amounts, they're not quite as comfortable with using the remote deposit control or RDC or any of these other types of things. If it's a little bit more complicated, they feel more comfortable or maybe even an, an ATM. You see a little bit of hesitant with the boomers, at least in our segment, we've, we've seen that. I think, again, you have to just look, you have to measure it. You have to have a way to measure it and watch what it is. Segment it out. You have to segment it. You, you're crazy not to. So segment out into each one, age, demographics, all of that. Go through your big data, look at it, and see, okay, does this make sense for the boomers to have this? Uh, should we introduce this for that? If it's uh, something to do with maybe wealth management, something like that, is it very much more in the front? so that it's easier for them to find than instead of hidden in the back. My credit union is one that's more tech savvy. So I have a lot of tech savvy people. So they tend to skew, uh, and I know this because I did my big data research. So they skew a little, a little younger. So they're more apt to look around. They're more apt to sit there and press buttons and they're not afraid to break something. When the boomers are a little bit more cautious, they, they, you know, they don't want to break anything. They want to make sure everything's uh, a-okay. So Measure it, listen to them and see what they tell you, and then go from there. Because every financial institution is going to be different than the next. None of them are, are the same. It's everybody will be a little bit different. That's good to hear because, you know, like you said, I get tired of hearing all that too all the time. <laughs> Isn't it true? It really, I mean, they're here, they're, they're borrowing, they're doing that. We can see it now. I mean, look at working with big data. It's here. It's already happening. It's, so, you know, there's no need to worry about it. They're going to adopt it and stuff like that. But I will say this. There, there is a big difference between boomers and, and millennials in that boomers will forgive you more. Millennials will not. And even a little bit younger, it's a Gen Z too, if you want to even go down to Gen Z, they won't forgive you as much. So if it's not easy, they don't like what they see, or they have a lot of problems, they will drop you like a hot rock and go on to the next one because there's just that much more out there. They can go to the next financial institution as easy as downloading an app, right? Because that's what they're doing. They're used to this. They'll just delete that app take their money and go somewhere else. They have no problem doing that. They'll have no loyalty to you if you're not, you know, make it easy to them. When boomers are a little bit more forgiving and, and they, they tend to think, well, that must have been me. That must have been something I did. I, I didn't do it right. And, and they're a little bit more patient and they'll take the time to, to learn a little bit more. You'll see the, actually the learning curve in the long range better with the boomers because a lot of them will have more time and they really want to understand it. When millennials and uh, Gen Z, the younger group, they'll really want quick, fast. And if it's just not easy and this is just too complicated, then forget it. I can just go. It's just too easy. There's just too much competition to go somewhere else. So that I guess that would really be the only big difference that I, that I have found over the years. And, and that goes back then to your point, like you said, of making sure that those experiences 
are right the first time, right? So you don't want to introduce something too early and have issues because you're going to lose then that, those younger generations. If they download the app and there's issues, they're just going to be gone and on to the next person. Yeah. Yeah, because that's what they do with the game, right? If I download a, a game and I don't like it, boom, I just erase and I go to the next one. And, you know, if I don't like this, I delete it and go to the next one. So it's very easy. They, and they understand that and they get that and they, and they get the competition on there. When you see the boomers, yeah, they're a little bit more comfortable with staying with something and trying to make it work. When it comes to marketing, the introduction of new technology, so if you roll out, a, you know, a new component of the mobile app or roll out something new to digital banking, what has your process been for that and what challenges have you had along the way? There's always challenges, that's for sure, because there's a lot of competition. And I think something that the listeners need to remember is when you introduce your app, and this is, let's just say, after the big marketing splash and this and that, you got to remember, they're going to compare this app to probably the last two or three apps that it just used. And it's not necessarily a financial app. So if they were just on Amazon, and then they were just on with FedEx, and then they were using, I don't know, you know, Snapchat, something like that. They're going to compare you to those three. Whether that's fair or not, they're going to compare you to those three. If they don't get that same type of experience, that same type of whatever their three or four favorite apps may be, it's going to kill you. That's your competition. Your competition isn't necessarily the next credit union or the, one of the big banks or something like that. It, that's not necessarily the case. The case is going to be, if we're concentrating on the app part, just the app, the mobile app, it's going to be these last ones that they use. So... In marketing, we've always kind of introduced first the, the desktop before it and it have the app or the mobile side of it as the add-on or like, wow, look at this. This is an omni-channel on both sides. What you see on your PC or your iPad is the same thing, same exact thing, same exact experience as you're going to get on this app that you're going to download. Very, very important. They have to look exactly the same and, and work exactly the same. If I can scan a check on my phone, I should be able to do that with my iPad. PCs, sometimes you can do it with if you have a camera. There's not as many people doing that. But a lot of people still use you know, online banking with their PC, with their desktop. And I would introduce that first. Hey, we have something new coming out, something new, exciting, da, da, da. do your marketing magic, but start it out first with that so they can kind of see the big picture. You can do more explaining, more showing off of what you've got. And then because that's going to be the same exact experience, the same exact thing that they're going to get on the mobile app, now that transition over to the mobile app is just that much simpler. Now you can say, hey, you know, and for you, all of you who want to use the mobile app on Android, iPhone, whatever, boom, here, you can do this with the same experience, the same everything. So I think it's very important to keep those to be almost like an omni-channel type thing where it's just very consistent and you don't lose anything out of it. That technologically, you can. If, If you can keep it exactly the same, that's a little bit of that black magic that you can get in there. It'll work. It'll work well for you. So I have one last question. What would you say is the one thing if someone was you know, listening to this podcast and you're like, hey, if you're going to do one thing, I would go do this to improve your you know, digital experience for your members and the way you market it. What would that be? If you don't already have biometrics with facial recognition or on your, uh, using your thumb, sit there and actually draw out with a piece of paper, get a pencil pen and say, okay, how many steps does it take for me to go make a payment? How many steps does it take me to find out my balance? Am I getting this right away? How many steps does it take? And then whatever those steps are, how can you cut it down again? 
then after you cut it down again, how could I cut it down even more? You have to simplify, simplify, simplify. And you think you'll have it. And you'll think you'll have it good in the beginning. And you won't. You're going to have to probably do it two or three times. And a lot of that's going to come from feedback from the members. A lot of that's going to come back from just what you see in your metric and all the different stuff that you'll be analyzing. But that, I would say, would be the one of the really big things you could do with a new technology is that it's going to be new. People are going to be kind of bouncing around, uh, confused with it, this and that. Again, have your walkthroughs so that they can have something that they can learn from, whether it's a how-to video on the website to whatever, but send them away from the app to go do this. They just get a little bit of something there and send them away, but make it simple. Actually write the step, like step one is this, and draw a picture. Here, I put my thumb on there and then draw a line over it. You know, do like a topography of where you're going and how, if, it, if you're going off the page because you have 14 steps to just make one car payment, you've done too much. It's too much. You need to simplify it, back it up, cut that in half to seven. And then after you get to seven, try and see if you can get to three and just keep pushing and pushing to do that, to optimize it, to keep it as simple as possible. Because nobody, nobody wants to sit there all day long on their phone or on their desktop and do banking. It's just not a glamorous, fun thing to do. It's not what they want to do. It's not Amazon. They're not buying anything. They're probably paying a bill or they're looking for a deposit to make sure it went through and this and that. So it's not a fun thing, but it's a necessary thing that we all have to do as adults. And it's part of it. So let's make it simple. Let's make it, if you can make it a little fun, if you can make it a little easy for them, if you can make their day just that much easier, then go for it. Simplify it. That's probably the main thing simplify it excellent advice thank you Stephen, for joining me you're welcome thank you for having me it's been great and we'll wrap the show with that music from the show is from filmmusic.io the song is cold sober by kevin mcleod you can find his work at incompetech.com 